0: How's it going, everybody? You are listening to episode number 51 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. And this is the podcast where every single week I have on another thru-hiker and another peak bagger and another hiking nerd like myself to talk about their experiences on the trail. And that's exactly what happens in this episode. My good friend Taylor Norton comes on the show for the second time. He was First on way back during episode number two. Freaking year ago, people. It's crazy. That year went by really, really fast. And on this episode, we talk about his attempt at thru-hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail. Most of the episode is me just asking him those basic thru-hiker questions that someone might research when they're first learning about a potential trail to thru-hike. And then at the end, we do talk a little bit about why he wasn't able to complete his thru-hike and we gave a little reminder that you should always put your safety before your ego when it comes to these things, folks. So it was a great episode. Taylor, when you hear this, man, thank you so much for coming on a second time. Let's do it again soon. We're going to get into the conversation in just a second, but first got to read a couple iTunes reviews. I'm way, way, way behind on these. This next one I'm about to read is from September 27th, 2019. So here we go. This one says, Great podcast, Kyle. I haven't listened to them all, but I'm working on it. You speak clearly, and the listener can really tell you are enjoying this. I am. Thank you very much. Thanks for the diverse interviews that all seem to inspire and educate in their own way. Keep up the great work, and good luck getting on the PCT. It's hard to stop adulting once you start. Oh, boy. Also, thanks for the Trail Tale stickers <laughs> from Matt. Matt, thank you very much. I'm sorry it took me so long to read this. This next one says, ooh, this is a long one bummed to be out of episodes. I've been listening to all of these episodes in succession and now have to wait for weekly ones. At first, I was a little bit unsure of the content. There are a lot of F-bombs, <laughs> but not a lot of helpful content. Ouch. But I continued listening because everyone has to start somewhere and learning a new craft. I'm so glad that I did. I consider myself an avid hiker, even though I've not completed a through hike I've learned a lot about a variety of trails, picked up a hiking tip or two, and was inspired to start hiking the New Hampshire 48. Boom, I love that shit. I bagged six peaks during the 46 Climbs event, which I learned about via Trail Tales. Awesome, I even joined the team in fundraising. Much appreciated. I like Kyle's format, as it reminds me of shooting the breeze with other hikers at a campsite. That one started out pretty pretty, uh, (laughs) negative and turned very positive very fast. Thank you so much for that five-star review make me get even more behind on these people you know that's a great way to help the show so please do that we're gonna get into it here real quick i gotta give a shout out to my two latest patreon supporters shout out to kristen and shout out to travis if you're interested in really 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 stepping up your game in helping out the show please go to patreon.com trailtales i've had a number of people join over the last couple weeks which has been really really cool it's honestly pretty encouraging so, go check that out if you're interested. You'll get some bonus content and some other goodies. Instagram at TrailtailsPod, as usual. Facebook Trailtails, just search that. And guess what? YouTube is a thing, kind of. It's not really a Trailtails specific YouTube, but I've decided I'm going to start making videos. I know, I know. The last thing the world needs is another douchebag with a YouTube channel. Trust me, I know that. But I like cameras, I like video, and I like trying to teach people about the AT and through hiking and all this stuff, so I'm gonna do it anyway. If you type in Kyle Hates Hiking on YouTube, the channel should come up. I already posted a video about Trail Tales. I made a pretty sarcastic, pretty goofy video about my process behind creating the show. Pretty much just goes over all the steps that I take every single week to make the show, and I tried to be funny. Some of it's kind of funny, some of it's just cringy, but either way, you should go check it out. I will have a link to that in the show notes, and again, just type in Kyle Hits Hiking on YouTube, and it should come up, and uh, yeah, go smash the shit out of that subscribe button, With that said, let's get into it. This intro is going long with my friend Taylor Norton, episode number 51, Long Trail, class of 2018, and almost Tahoe Rim (laughs) Trail, (laughs) class of 2019. Sorry, Taylor. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 51. Of Trail Tales, Taylor Norton is on the show. What's going on, Taylor? How's it going? It's good to be back, dude. It is. It is good to have you back. Let me tell you. So, for those of you that might be new, or honestly, even those of you that have listened to every episode, uh, you 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 might remember Taylor. His last episode was the second episode ever that I put out. Like freaking so long ago now. And in fact, it'll actually be. One year I, I like just realized this right before I hit record. It'll be one year to the date between when this episode comes out and when our first episode came out. It was number two. We talked about the Vermont Long Trail. Taylor and I met each other um, when I was on my Appalachian Trail through hike in twenty eighteen. And yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming back on. Like it's it's so crazy that like one year later, exact, it's like come full circle pretty much. Oh no, my pleasure, man. No problem. We're also um we're also both kind of hungover today so <laughs> hopefully my voice doesn't sound too scratchy right now but not feeling super great. I do have coffee and water so I think we can kind of kind of get through yeah. it though. I don't know how Push it through. How, how are you feeling, Taylor? What are your what are your remedies?
1: Uh, you know, just water. Stay hydrated. It's The classic remedy.
0: Yeah, that's that's all you need, I guess. But actually no, I definitely need the coffee, yeah. but um...
1: uh, I I would be drinking coffee. I recently quit. Got recently... off the
0: caffeine. Oh man, that's oh, yeah. tough. That's <laughs> tough. Why? Why did you do that?
1: Uh, just just trying something different, you know. Just seeing if I could be dependent on, you know, stop being dependent on something every morning. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's been good so far. It was a, a bit of a you know exercise and restraint at first for sure, but now <laughs> I never think about it. So
0: how how long now? I'm just curious because I drink like I'm a super avid coffee drinker. I oh, have I know, to have it, I so. was
1: too. Yeah. Uh, probably three, four months now. Oh, wow. Oh, so, dude, you're killing yeah. it then. Oh, yeah, now we're good.
0: Yeah, you're killing it. I, I I thought it might have been like just a couple, like a week or two or like a couple days. But now, oh, you're you're set, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I love the taste of coffee, too. So it's not like just the caffeine. That being said, I had the option of just making decaf this morning or having to drive to get regular. And I did choose to go drive. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just fooling myself here. But who knows? <laughs> um, Taylor has or okay so taking a step back um why don't you just kind of explain to everybody taylor you know who you are and what you've hiked and pretty much anything um about that yeah absolutely i mean
1: like kyle said uh we met while i was hiking the long trail last year um and i kind of joined in on a group of uh at hikers uh for the section where the at overlaps with the long trail Um, had a blast hiking with you guys. Um, and then we split off and I finished on my own. Um, since then I moved from the East coast to Lake Tahoe and I've been serving as an AmeriCorps volunteer, uh, here for the past uh, 11 months. Um, and while I was here, I learned uh, about the Tahoe Rim Trail, which is kind of a similar trail, a similar size class as a long trail. It's about Mm -hmm. 165 miles long. Um, and that kind of immediately uh, gained my attention, um, so I had kind of planned uh, for a year to try to hike it in the following season, um, and we'll talk about how that went.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that for just a second, yeah. it, it, get into that in just a second, but um, so this this is going to be, folks, one of those episodes where I kind of learn about a different trail, a lesser known trail i don't know is is the tahoe rim trail like pretty well known on the west coast am i just like kind of blind to that living up here in freaking northern vermont or, or um
1: yeah i mean i would say it's 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 well known but not you know it it tends to get overshadowed for sure by like the jmt yeah um or the uh what's it called the pacific northwest trail i think um is getting popular. Yeah. Um, and, so, and then the PCT too obviously. And the PCT obviously is the as a big one, but I was more thinking of trails in the in the similar size class. Right, right, that the, makes the sense. The PCT
0: is definitely the uh the almighty trail out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You were um you were you were trying to do the the JMT for a little while too, right? Yeah, so I that was actually
1: my one of my original plans. I put in for permits um and the permit process pretty complicated. And I'm not even sure I did it right, but I didn't end up getting a permit. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's 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 much more competitive than like you know the long trail. You just get on the trail and start hiking. Um. So
0: yeah, kind of, kind of a bummer. But I mean, it also kind of makes sense because there's so many people trying to do the GMT. Yeah. I talked about that permit. Well, I I didn't talk about. It. I don't know anything about it. But I had a guest talk about it whew, back in like episode like thirty six or. Something in the 30s, Nick Scarmuzo was my guest's uh, right, right. name, and so if anybody's curious about that, you can go check that out, but it is kind of a, a hassle, and and I feel like the Tahoe Rim Trail, at least, like, I, I don't know, actually, I guess I shouldn't say that. Are there any sort of permits at all you need for the Tahoe Rim Trail?
1: Yeah, so there is one. Um, you do need a permit for Desolation Wilderness, uh, but it's not a problem getting it um the one problem is uh trying to nail down what days you're gonna end up in desolation wilderness uh so that was something i wasn't used to you know the long hiking the long trail it was just kind of you know get to wherever i want to be on whatever day and it was totally fine Mm -hmm. um but the uh the desolation process you kind of have to let them know where you're gonna be what day um so you have to kind of plan for that which was uh,
0: an interesting thing to work around so it's not like a like a an official like park, it's just like a wilderness area, right, yeah, so it's uh it's just a
1: protected wilderness, okay. it's really beautiful. it's all just um like there's just a raw granite everywhere, which is why you could when you hike it, you can tell why it's called desolation um and it's just heavily trafficked. I think it's one of if one of if not the most uh heavily traveled wilderness areas in the country, oh wow, um
0: so yeah. How many miles of the Tahoe Rim Trail is the uh, desolate desolation wilderness you said? Desolation, right? yeah. Gotcha. Uh,
1: so off off the top of my head, uh, I want to say thirty-ish. You know, okay. in that range. It's not super far, uh,
0: but far enough that you have to kind of like plan out your campsites a little bit. Yeah.
1: People, people have done it in a day. I was planning on really taking my time through there because I really enjoy it. And I brought a, I brought a fishing rod along. Oh, nice. Um, so I wanted to spend two days fishing at some lakes that I I really like to go. So as uh, um, you could do it in a day, you could do it in two days. I was going
0: to do it in three. What's the um, process for the permit? Like, is it because on the AT, for instance, there's like the Shenandoah's where you literally just walk up to a kiosk like fill out some shit and then like you're fine mm-hmm. like that's your permit or the Smokies is k- almost the same thing you have to print it out ahead of time and pay like 20 bucks or whatever but it- it's still like pretty damn easy um it sounds right. like it was not too much of a hassle to get that permit either Not at all yeah
1: i mean it's uh you can do it online you can revert- reserve areas online okay. um uh, there's a rim trail uh hiker permit that kind of lets says i'm going gotcha. to be- in the wilderness at this day and you can kind of camp wherever you want once you're in there which would make
0: it a lot easier that's like the one in the uh, in the smokies it's like normally in the smokies you have to pick out your designated campsites and, and reserve it for whatever your night is and all that stuff but they have the through hacker permit where it's just like okay get in and get out in x amount of days and you know you'll be fine
1: right yeah and so you could like i said you can either get it online or you can get it uh in person i live 10 minutes away from the permitting office, so I just walked in and got mine Mm -hmm. uh, the day before I was going to go out. Okay. Um, Or it might have been the day of, actually, the morning of, because I don't think I started till like, noon on my first day, Mm -hmm. so...
0: I got you, man. I got you. I'm glad you brought up the uh, fishing pole thing a second ago because I actually completely meant to to ask you about this when we when we were kind of talking before and I forgot because I suck and I'm hungover. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. I see on your Instagram that you're doing a lot of fishing and I yeah. was just kind of wondering, like, is that like backcountry fishing? Is that like front country? Like, I mean, this isn't a fishing show, but I yeah. do know that people like you know, kind of combine the whole backpacking or hiking thing with fishing. So I just kind of wanted to pick your brain about that a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, about a year ago, pretty much right around when I last came on the show, I started fly fishing and that's kind of become a a love of mine over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in getting into fishing when I go on overnights or backpacking or whatever. So I got a, a Tenkara rod, which is, uh, it weighs about three ounces. It's super, it's pretty light. Um, and it's essentially just a telescopic pole with a line on the end of it. Um, there's no reel or anything like that. So that's kind of what I've been using while backpacking. And it's just, a, especially when you're hiking alone, it gives you something to do if you get to camp early, spend a couple hours fishing. If you have the right tools to cook up a fish, you know. Mm. But all the fish in desolation wilderness are pretty much invasive and they're they're basically trying to get rid of them lake uh, lake by lake so you don't have to feel bad about pulling a fish out of there and eating it nice um, so it's a it's a really fun it's kind of a it goes hand in hand with backpacking in my mind
0: yeah dude that's really cool yeah. I am not a fisherman at all I don't think I've cast like casted a fishing rod sober in like the last four years at least <laughs> but <laughs> it is kind of cool and one of my friends Dan who I've Mentioned a couple times on the show, but he doesn't have any social media. I've been trying to get him to listen to this podcast since I started it, and he's still not right. I don't think he gives a shit. But anyways, um, he does a little bit of fishing, and a couple times when we've hiked in the Adirondacks, he's brought his pole. And I don't know, maybe he's just a bad fisherman, but most of the time he doesn't catch anything. <laughs> yeah. <And> it's also <laughs> tough over there, too, because half the time, like you don't want to stop because you're just getting swarmed by freaking bugs and shit. Right, Especially when yeah. you're right next to the water, but... One time he did catch something. I don't see. I don't know anything about fish. Maybe it was like just like a brook trout or something like yeah, something like pretty some basic. Sort of
1: trout. Yeah. yeah,
0: something pretty basic. We were on the uh, Cranberry Lake 50 Loop Trail in uh, the Saint Lawrence County western part of the Adirondacks, northwestern part. And it was it was such a unique experience for me backpacking because I mean he caught the fish, but we kept it and. Basically, he had, like, a little a little knife to fillet it or whatever, but, yep, you yep. know, other than that, he just had his, his pole, small pole, obviously, trying to save weight. And he caught a couple of these fish, and we started a fire, a legal fire, folks. We <laughs> <laughs> always, people get, people get uptight about that stuff nowadays. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a legal fire, and then we took a stick, and, like, Dan, like, sharpened the end, so it was kind of like a little spear, like cut the fish down the middle, I think, and then put mm-hmm. the fish on the spear and like hung it over the fire and like cooked it. Yeah. And then we had like one of those huge Nat Geo maps, the waterproof like thing looks like a Bible pretty much. It's, it's huge, and we basically just took one of those and like put it on the the uh, the ground, and that was just like our little plate to serve it on. And <laughs> awesome. It was. Yeah. We had like fresh fish in the middle of the background tree. So that was that yeah. was that I was kind of cool. There's
1: nothing like it when you're just eating. Uh camp food which you know i know some people are out there making some really amazing uh backcountry meals but i'm not one of them so having a, a, a fresh fish is something pretty special
0: yeah definitely definitely and i don't know it kind of something you said a second ago too it's like just kind of breaks up the routine a little bit i mean i've said Absolutely. this recently about photography like trying to take more photos for myself it's like you're still hiking, but it adds like a whole nother dynamic. It adds something new and interesting. And I feel like fishing would kind of be the same way. It's like, you're still hiking, you're still backpacking, but you have something else that's kind of fresh and and different to, to shake up the experience a little bit. So I think that's, I think that's really cool, man.
1: Yeah. And I found it changing up kind of my, my planning when I was hiking, um, because I would. You know, if there was a lake that I was camping at one night, I really wanted to get there on the early side. So I had some mm-hmm. time to fish before dinner and setting up camp and going to bed. Um, whereas on the long trail, I was kind of just feeling motivated to hike until either I couldn't anymore or until it got dark. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: So, yeah, man. Did you, so you, you were going to bring your pole the whole time. Like, it, Can you, can you fish like pretty consistently along the Tahoe Rim Trail or are there just like a couple spots?
1: Uh, so the, uh, the West shore and, uh, kind of Southern, I guess guess it's like a lake. So (laughs) it's a loop. Yeah. But, um, but you're, you're pretty far removed from the, from Lake Tahoe itself, but the, uh, the West shore and the Southern section, um, have some fishing for sure. And then as you move into the Northern section and the Eastern section, from what I understand, um, spoiler alerts, uh, (laughs) It's 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 very dry and there's not uh much op- not as
0: much opportunity.
1: Okay, um, interesting. So.
0: But did you did you catch anything? That's the real question.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, my first campsite, I caught like three or four brook trout. Uh, in this high altitude lake, it's like nine nine thousand feet around there. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, the second lake I camped at, uh. No fish at all. And those were kind of the two areas I was hoping to find fish. So mm-hmm. it was, it's, uh, you know, for three ounces, it's, even if you don't catch anything, it's a lot of entertainment for not that much weight.
0: Yeah, dude, definitely. Like, is that really all it weighs is three ounces?
1: Yeah, I think with the case, uh, it totals out to nine ounces, which is kind of funny that the case they gave me weighs more than the rod itself. <laughs> um, I brought along the case too. So if you want to add that in uh, to the mix, that's, you know,
0: it's still, it's worth it in my mind and then like what else see this is i literally don't know anything about fishing like what else do you need like you gotta have like uh, a hook like i don't know like i don't even know yeah is it really that like a small of a weight penalty i
1: i brought some uh some flies so they're like little artificial flies Mm. um you know it's 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 a small metal hook that's like maybe the size of your fingernail or smaller um and it's got feathers and hair tied to it, so I didn't bother wondering what the weight of that was because it's pretty <laughs> negligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I brought I brought probably like ten or fifteen flies with me just to have some variety. Yeah, dude, I I, I got gotcha. So here's yeah. a question:
0: Um, so this trail is partially in California and partially in Nevada, correct? Yes, absolutely. So if you're bringing a fishing pole on this hike, are you going to need to? Two different uh, state fishing licenses? So that's actually a really interesting
1: question. Tahoe is kind of unique uh, in the sense that anything that kind of flows into Tahoe or is in the Tahoe Basin, you can have a, a Nevada license or a California license and oh, fish legally. Um, interesting. Anywhere in the basin. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird, unique uh, exception to a lot of the rules, just because I think it would get be a lot messier for everyone. You know, authorities yeah. and fishermen or anglers uh alike when it's the if same body have, of, yeah yeah if you had to have two different license and there'd just be a lot of gray
0: area yeah dude that's that's interesting i'm i'm kind of like a geography nerd and like borders kind of fascinate me so like i know it's just like a state border not quite the same yeah. thing as like international but that is kind of interesting how there's just like that little exception and like it makes me wonder like where they draw the line like is it just like within the immediate like area of the lake or i i just kind of yeah the border
1: the border just kind of goes right through the middle of the lake. Uh, not, it's a, it's a little more uh, like California definitely has more of the lake than Nevada, um, but it's just kind of a, I don't know. It's an interesting entity, Tahoe in itself. It's kind of a little bit of Nevada, a little bit of
0: California, and a little bit of its own thing. Mm-hmm. I got you, so, man. Yeah. That sounds that sounds really cool. Maybe maybe when I get a little bit older and am not inclined to hike as as hard as I sometimes do now. <laughs> or, or maybe if I just get sick of taking photos, I'll have to yeah. get a fishing get a fishing rod. Because especially like again, living over here in the Whites, I mean, I'm sure there's some spots you could fish. But I feel like in the Adirondacks, it would be a lot better. And, and I mean, obviously, like a ton of people do fish there, both front country and back country. So absolutely, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so for these episodes, the learn about whatever trail episodes, I usually have like a bunch of questions written down. I don't think I said this in the, I said it to you before we started recording Taylor. Yep, but I yep. don't think I, I, I didn't, I didn't mention it in the beginning, mentioned it in the beginning, can't even talk, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I usually have a bunch of questions written down for these, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I always just end up asking the same questions about these trails. Like, it's always just like, you know, resupply and, and water campsites, all the typical like through hiking stuff. So I'm going to. Do my best to kind of cover all of those things, all the things that somebody would Google initially about a trail when they're first trying to learn about it. So, I guess you know we we covered the permit thing. It sounds like pretty straightforward. There, you just need that one permit. Is there any other like big logistical information that someone needs to know like before they actually start the trail?
1: Um, I mean, I would say the one thing that I had to think about that I wasn't used to, you know, being on the East Coast uh, was uh, you know, big water carries. Uh, there yeah, is, uh, yeah. there is one, uh, big water carry on the East shore of the lake. Um, and it's not super big. Uh, I want to say, you know, th- there's like 20 miles or something. That's, that's you know, pretty big for, yeah. for my standards. So, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's big enough that you have to worry about it. Um, definitely. And obviously that's dependent on what time of the year you hike later the season, the, the worse it gets and the more, less reliable the water sources gets, get, get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I would say that was the biggest, uh, you know, change for me was really having to think more about water. Whereas, uh, on the long trail, I think there was only really one spot where I ended up running out of water and still wanted water. Um, and that was up by, uh, like Camel's hump, Mm
0: -hmm. um, between Camel's hump and Mansfield, yeah, no. dude. See, that's like, no. I, I never have to think about the water. So that's... That, no, it's not I, <laughs> I was going to kind of ask about that later on, because that's another question I always like to ask when I'm learning about these trails. Um, So why don't I have you just elaborate a little bit more? Um, So there's that one dry stretch, but yeah. I, I'm sure there's less water still than like the long trail, for instance. So why don't you just talk about like overall, generally, you know, when it comes to this trail what's the water situation like how long are you typically carrying for and can you just kind of talk about that a little bit
1: yeah i mean i would say what felt typical to me is there is uh water probably every two miles in the more uh you know the more watery areas so it's not it's not too bad but then there's areas where you might not have water for five to Mm ten and then there's that area on the east shore where you have uh uh, 20 Mm -hmm. but um It was more of just uh i didn't really plan out where i was gonna fill up my bottle on the long trail i just kind of did it when i needed to and it was usually usually worked out um whereas on this trail i was definitely looking at gut hooks a lot more and trying to figure out you know okay i have you know one liter left and i've got three or four miles to the next water source i have to get that water so don't just walk over the creek and there's a little bit of concern uh the time of year that I hiked it, which was uh, September, that some of those water sources aren't very reliable. So it was kind of, oh, okay. there's a lot of times when it was up in the air, whether there'd actually
0: be water or not. That makes it a little bit more uh, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. you, you mentioned just a second ago that there's a gut hook app for the, uh, for the trails. So that's one thing I was going to ask about was just like the guidebook or, or maps navigation and all that stuff is gut hook kind of like the the go-to these days for for this trail so i think it's actually uh
1: the tahoe rim trail association has their own app for the rim trail now and i think that's the most up-to-date thing i bought the gut hook app like or the gut hook map last fall before i had really done much research so i went with that but it doesn't seem like it's been updated in a year uh the elevation profiles are all wrong oh Uh, interesting so it was uh it it was still useful but it it wasn't quite as uh detailed and accurate as the uh the long trail one was uh there weren't any comments at all from uh hikers this year i was going off what people were saying last year and last year was a much lower water year so it was like i was kind of trying to play
0: mental games with like is this information going to be accurate (laughs) or not yeah dude what about like uh just like a map like a paper map or like a guidebook, anything like that.
1: Um, yeah, Call me old-fashioned, that... but dude, I don't know. I,
0: <laughs> I still prefer the the maps yep, and the guidebooks absolutely. when I get my hands yeah. on
1: them. Yeah, the Tahoe Rim Trail Association has uh, a paper map and a guidebook as well, as far as I understand.
0: Cool. That's that's cool that they have their uh, their own app. That's a. Uh, I wonder if more trail organizations going forward will do that, or if they already have and I'm just not aware. Like, I could I could see the. The Green Mountain Club, for instance, doing a Absolutely, an app yeah. just for the long trail. That being said, um, maybe they wouldn't just because the gut hook app is already like so thorough there and I'm sure they've coordinated there to make sure all that information is accurate. But right. that's interesting. That's interesting. Um how about like times of year for this trail? So you said you went in September, I think I heard. Is that like a normal time to go? Like what's this the window I guess of time where people will typically through hike this trail?
1: Yeah. So actually I said September, but I really should have said like October because I, th- I think I started uh, right in the first week of October. Okay, So that's that's considered uh, late for sure. Um, in the Sierra, it's usually pretty dry um, until November, December, but you just never know what will happen. Yeah. Um, as far as like snow or rain goes. But, yeah, I mean, a a lot of people hike it throughout the summer. Uh, Earlier season, you have to worry more about bugs. Uh, Later season, you have to be more prepared for the cold. Um, So it's kind of just whatever, you know, anytime in the summer season when you think you got time and, uh, you know, you're prepared for whatever conditions get thrown at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Is there like a standard, so it's a loop trail? yes right? yeah so yeah so like is there a standard direction that people hike it like, like yeah clockwise, so counter that, clockwise? Was,
1: that was one of the more uh other logistically interesting things um whereas the long trail it's kind of like you can start at one end and go one way you can start at the other end and go the other way uh the the rim trail you can really start anywhere and you know finish anywhere um so it's it seemed like most people would start at kingsbury grade uh near south lake tahoe uh hike, you know, however many days it took them to get to Tahoe City, uh, which is in kind of the north uh northwest corner, well Kingsbury Grade is in the northeast corner or southeast corner. Mm-hmm. Um that's uh the trail goes right by a grocery store at that point and then ducks back oh, into nice. the woods. So that's kind of the main resupply. Um and then you finish up back where you started. So I, I decided to go with that route myself, but um people have done it a number of different ways. There's definitely no like uh you know written rules and i i decided to go clockwise um and a lo- it seems like a lot of people do tend to go clockwise um i'm not sure why that's the case um but that's that's what i decided to do
0: i got you man i got yeah. you yeah i'm looking at it on on google maps right now which i probably should yeah, have great. done right from the start but Dan, that's cool so resupply you kind of mentioned it a second ago there too so that's always a huge thing i i wonder about when i'm researching trails like this so you you mentioned there was a grocery store on the trail and it's yep. not like so i mean i feel like you could get away with just one resupply based on the length of this trail um are there any other options as well because in like a perfect world i feel like a trail this length two resupplies would be nice and comfortable so is, is there anywhere else along the way to resupply um nowhere that's super convenient i mean
1: you can always get off the trail and you know hitch a ride to a town and it's probably never more than you know 20 30 minutes away from something um but it's just so convenient to just pull off on in tahoe city get your food and just keep hiking Mm -hmm. um getting starting my uh my first day with a five-day food carry was definitely a wake-up call and my fitness
0: (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) um
1: So and I mean when I did the long trail like I did mostly three day food carries and the, the four day ones were like oh my pack is so heavy, um so to have five days of food in there was it's was like five and a half really, um was was interesting, um but yeah I mean I think most people just do one resupply because of the convenience factor.
0: Yeah, and at least you don't have to worry about uh mail drops either because now it's a yeah. grocery store. I'm sure it's a little pricey because it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but. Yeah, that's not exactly unusual for for trail towns like this. Yeah, well, it's actually it's it, the trail goes right through Tahoe City,
1: which is one of the more populated areas of uh, of Tahoe. So it's kind of uh, you know it's just kind of a, your typical grocery store. So it's nice. Okay, actually, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at it right now. Is
0: it a Save Mart? Is that what it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice. There's also a Red Box there too. You could rent a movie at the oh, same yeah. time if you wanted to.
1: You could charge your take Tesla a zero and watch a movie. Yep. <laughs> Damn, a
0: lot of Tesla chargers out here. Yeah, I I was gonna say I, this is this is really cool that this is a loop a loop hike because there, there's not that many through hikes that are this length that are loops, right? Right. And so, because I found like there's been like some short through hikes even just around here that I want to do, but they're not loop hikes. And like for instance, earlier this summer or I guess it was beginning of fall, I was very close to going and hiking this trail in new hampshire called the Monadnock to Sunapee greenway trail like i i literally bought the Sweet. map i had like i already took the time off from work and everything and like just a couple days before i left i was gonna go do it and i was like looking at like the prices for the shuttles and stuff because it's a point to point and i was like it's ah, just not worth it i could just go do a loop in the whites instead and like not have to pay that 100 plus bucks for the shuttle so yeah. the fact the fact that this is a loop hike is freaking awesome because you still get like a full through hike. Like it's a for it's, it's a decently long trail, like you still get that full experience. But you don't have to worry about either shuttles or car spots, you know, going with somebody else. You can just go yeah. and kind of do it yourself. I, I think Definitely that's really very cool. convenient.
1: I mean and the fact that the, the the typical starting and ending point is, you know, fifteen minute drive from my house makes it pretty convenient. So, yeah, dude, no kidding. No kidding.
0: Let's see. How about Let's talk about weather a little bit. So Yeah. Again, and and honestly, you might be a good person to talk about this with because you you understand my perspective and now you understand the West Coast perspective too. Um one of like the big question marks I still have about a lot of these West Coast trails, and I've I've asked questions about this many times on the show, but until I actually go and experience it, I feel like I'm not really gonna know for sure. Um like the weather just kind of trips me up because I'm just like not used to it. It seems like it can be kind of, I mean, the weather here can be unpredictable, but I feel like it's a little bit more predictable. Maybe, I don't really know. So can you just talk about like the weather on this trail? I know you got kind of caught up with the weather and we're going to get into that a little bit um, later on in the conversation. But just for now, just like generally speaking, you know, I'm talking like temperatures, how often it, rains and and you know is it sunny do you need sunblock like can you just kind of talk about some of that stuff absolutely yeah so
1: um in general tahoe is extremely sunny in the summer uh and extremely predictable okay um, interesting i think i think it rained twice over the course of the entire summer from you oh know, wow <laughs> late late june to Shit. uh early september yeah um so in general pretty predictable. That sounds amazing, uh, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. Um Yeah, I mean as far as temperatures go, midday uh in the like midsummer midday, you're looking at, you know, anywhere from high 70s to high 90s on a really hot day. And then because we're at elevation, um, at night, it will still, especially at elevation in the mountains, um, it, it can drop down into the forties, thirties. Oh wow! Um, no problem. So it could be um, like eighty-five during the day and then
0: drop down to like low forties.
1: Yeah. So where I live at lake level, you know, midsummer it was probably getting down to the fifties. But when you're in the mountains, um, you have to be ready for you know, thirty to forty degree weather. It could it could freeze any
0: night of the year. That's insane. Uh, so, Damn. That's a, that's just like, so like that would, fru- I feel like that would frustrate me because I'd be like hiking during the day, just like sweating balls, just like super uncomfortable. And then I'd still have to be carrying all that like cold weather gear too. And yeah. It just, it's not like the AT where during the summer for most of the AT anyways, you can like, you know, you, you don't really, it's going to be hot during the day and it's going to be pretty warm at night too. So I find Definitely. that pretty fascinating. So it sounds like it doesn't rain at all either. That's pretty sweet.
1: Not this summer. I mean, this is my first you know year living in Tahoe, so I have one season to base it off of. But um, in general, I think it's you know it's pretty dry.
0: How um how how high up in elevation are you getting on this trail? Uh, where I was, it was pretty consistently like above
1: seven thousand and kind of riding around eight thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of to start the trail, you drive up a mountain pass and you start at the top of that mountain pass essentially um and then you just follow topo lines uh almost all the way around there's some passes there's some up and down but i mean compared to the east coast it was like hiking in a vacation mode i mean it's just
0: so (laughs) so flat and friendly so there's not that much uh elevation gain elevation loss a lot of it's pretty uh low-key i guess yeah i
1: mean there is for sure elevation gain and elevation loss but it's it's so gradual Um, compared to the East coast where at least on the long trail, there's sections where you're just going up rebar ladders. Yeah. Um, there's nothing even close to that. Dude, I'm looking at some pictures
0: right now on Google. It looks so cool. Yeah. Damn. I need to beautiful trail. Would you say that this would be a good trail for someone who's not experienced with like West coast, uh, conditions to do for like their first time, uh, making it out there, I guess. I, I think so. Um, it seemed
1: pretty straightforward to me. Um, I you know, I'd had one hike experience before as far as like doing more than you know a, a couple days stint. Right. That was a long trail. Um, and there's there's definitely some different logistical challenges here, but I think they're pretty easy to navigate. Um so yeah, I mean, Tahoe's beautiful. It's a great place to visit. and if you have time to do a hike, I think it's a great hike to come out and do. Um, I think the JMT, from what I've heard, is a, a little more uh, scenic. Um, but I found the Rim Trail to be plenty scenic for my tastes.
0: Yeah, dude, I was going to ask you about that. So again, I, I don't understand the West Coast terrain. Sometimes you're like in a forest, like when I was in Glacier National Park, it was like, there's were some times where I, I would stop and look around and be like, I could literally be like in the Adirondacks right now. And then there's other yeah. times where you're just like freaking way above tree line. And I felt like I was on the moon. So can you just talk about like the diversity of the terrain or lack thereof like yeah like the terrain and the scenery is what i should have said there uh, what's that like on this trail
1: yeah i mean it's it's beautiful uh you're getting views of the lake you know every couple miles and it's really interesting hiking around the lake because as you're going around you're seeing the lake from different perspectives and you're kind of getting a sense oh, of how yeah. far you've actually you've actually walked and
0: I, I would imagine that can you like see almost like your your path sometimes like not like the literal path but just like yeah, across the lake yeah. you can see like okay I was up on that ridge when I was like yeah or you're like I'm supposed
1: to be there in, th- in three days or whatever so it's uh it's really cool the whole time you're kind of looking at different parts of what you've already hiked or looking at what you're about to hike yeah I
0: feel like that would be really cool and maybe a little bit disheartening if you're if you're really tired yeah. and like shit, like I'm still gonna fucking <laughs> do all this. <laughs> it kind of depended on my mood for sure. I was like, sometimes it's
1: like, oh man, I've walked that far already. That's crazy. And then other times I'd be like, oh, I've got, I still have to walk all the way
0: over there. Yeah, and um, honestly, it's it's kind of like that on the long trail too. I, I know on the AT, a lot of the time, like you could you couldn't really see like where you came from and, and where you're going. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you can't sure. But on the Long Trail, because the Green Mountains are pretty much just like one straight line ridge, and there's not like clusters of mountains everywhere, I feel like it's a little bit... Or maybe just because I live here, yeah. and I know the geography so well. it's so like well.
1: every summit you get on on the Long Trail, you're like, okay, well, I'm going over that summit tomorrow. That's exactly. Adjusting. It's like you yeah. can just
0: see the line of the trail, basically. So, I don't know. That, that can be fun. It can also be a little bit disheartening if you're not in a good mood, but shit. Um... <laughs> Yeah dude this trail looks sick honestly maybe i need yeah, to Yeah I mean,
1: it's 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 super interesting i mean there's like like you're talking about terrain changes it, it changes pretty quickly there's sections where you're hiking and you're just looking into the the Carson Valley Desert below you like kind of Nevada desert mm-hmm. uh, basin and range topography there's times when you're looking at the lake there's times when you're just hiking on granite slabs
0: um it's a really interesting trail Yeah dude this looks amazing um Let's see camping. So that's another thing I always wonder mm-hmm. about with these West Coast trails. Yeah, I still don't really understand. So, how does the camping work on this trail? Are there, are there like any established? It sounds like there's some established sites at least in that wilderness area you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's, there's really not too many established sites. It's uh, more just like places that people tend to go. You know, uh, you know, people are gonna tend to want to camp near water. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me it was a lot of the time looking at lakes that were uh, a reasonable hiking distance for a day and saying, I'm going to camp at that Lake today. And uh, yeah, I I mean, that tends to be uh, out here. Everyone just kind of, when they do a backpacking trip, they're backpacking to some out some Alpine Lake somewhere and camping there. There's no shelters or anything like that. Um, There's, there's some areas that have designated camping areas to try to reduce impact. But in general on the rim trail, I believe the regulation is you can camp Almost, there's some no camping zones, and those are delineated on the maps. Um, but almost anywhere, as long as you're, like, 100 feet away from the trail and, you know, 100 or 200 feet or whatever it is from a water source. Um, so, it's pretty, you know, you can kind of
0: set up wherever you want. Dude, that's, that's, that's really cool. Would you say that most water sources had some sort of, like, indication that people had been camped there before, like, you know, we, we would call right. them stealth sites, basically just a normal campsite that's not marked, um, you would say that it, that is, like, pretty common here. Yeah, I mean,
1: recreation is really popular here, uh, the wilderness gets a ton of use, the, the forests get a ton of use, so anywhere where it seems like it's a good spot to camp, there are signs that people have camped there, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be like an illegal fire pit or just some uh like some brush that or uh, some um pine needles or duff that's been brushed away to set up a tent Mm -hmm. um so it's it's
0: it's pretty obvious usually how about other people like at the campsites would you find yourself camping with other hikers often were you camping by yourself i know you're hiking by yourself as a solo (laughs) hike but um do these do a lot of these campsites kind of uh do do people like kind of you know group up and and all camp together kind of like they do on the long trail or the at not so much um that was what was
1: you know a a stark contrast whereas the long trail felt very social um even the northern section like you know you get to a established campsite and you you talk to everyone about how their hike was that day or whatever uh i barely said you know anything to anyone other than oh you know how's it going while you're passing on the trail. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not a it's not a social
0: trail in the sense that uh, the AT or the LT are. And part of me wonders if those established sites or lack thereof influence that, you know, because it's like when there's an obvious point to go camp that literally has a name and it, it is meant for people to go camp there, I feel like it's just kind of natural for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people to want to go there, especially the solo hikers. Um, but when that doesn't exist, see, I, I wasn't sure if people, if there would kind of just be like some de facto sites like that, that the people will s- multiple groups will still go and, and share, but it sounds like that's not necessarily the case. Would it be like we, I know it obviously it would depend on the circumstance and the people, but in general, you wouldn't really find somebody just kind of camping next to somebody they haven't met before. Like they just happen to camp in the same spot i'm sure it happens this just hasn't been my experience gotcha Um, gotcha yeah interesting um how about like so this is another thing kind of goes back to what i was talking about a few minutes ago with these with these west coast trails that don't have like official marked campsites it almost like stresses me out because like i i'm very much the kind of person that likes to plan where i'm gonna stop by the end of the day now sometimes like that changes like like if If it needs to change, I'll change it. I'm not, like, just completely dead set on it right from the beginning of the day. But for the most part, I like to have a pretty solid idea. And not knowing that there's, like, for sure going to be a campsite there kind of is not, like, supernatural for me. But it sounds like it is kind of safe to assume, at least on this trail, that water generally means a campsite. Yeah,
1: so, I mean my experience you know whether it be on the rim trail or just my own weekend excursions uh anytime i've just seen a lake on a map and say hey that looks like a cool place to camp i have found somewhere to set up a tent mm-hmm. um so the terrain is friendly enough that you can usually make something work
0: yeah yeah and i guess if it's flatter two, you might mm-hmm. be able to just throw your tent up in a pinch but again i have no experience with that so i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna say that for sure <laughs> uh how about so we talked about people a little bit there why don't you talk a little bit about the number of people that you've seen? So I know 160 whatever miles, like that's a lot of trails. So I'm sure there's some sections that are more popular than other sections, and the amount of people that you're seeing are going to vary. Why don't we just talk about through hikers, like for the time being? Like how many people through hike this trail? Like how popular of a through hike is it? To be honest, I don't have a huge concept of that. um okay.
1: I. Uh, one of my other friends, uh, was hiking it around the same time I was, we both kind of wanted to do it solo. So we started on different days.
0: Um, that's, that's kind of funny. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, we just were like, Hey, we're we're just going to do our own thing. Um, but other than that, I think I saw, you know, two other people that maybe looked like they were through hiking. Um, they could have been out there for a weekend or whatever. Um and uh and i know I you it's...
0: you didn't go at like the most popular time of year either so no
1: i was i was in shoulder season for sure um but i you know i don't have a huge concept of how many people hike it every year it's not something i looked into
0: how about um just like day hikers like you know how, how were you still seeing like a lot of other people even yeah, if they weren't yeah. hikers
1: yeah so plenty of day hikers um and i'm sure if you went mid-summer you'd be passing you know hundreds of people um just because tahoe is uh it's kind of the uh, recreation outlet for everyone living in, like, the Bay Area or uh, uh, Sacramento gotcha. or, uh, or the Central Valley. So a lot of people come up here on the weekends to go hiking. Um, so in the midsummer, you'd probably see tons of people.
0: Cool, man. Um, Let's see. This is why I should have had the list of questions. I feel like that... Covers like the very basics of the stuff I would research about a trail when I'm first learning yeah, about it. Yeah, I feel it. like I feel like we hit on the big points. Um, I, I there's probably something else. I'll probably be listening back to this and be like, oh fuck, I forgot to ask about blah blah <laughs> blah. Like that's so obvious how to forget that. But for the most part, I think we did a a pretty good job there. Why don't we talk about what happened on your hike specifically? So I think we kind of alluded to it a few times now. Taylor did yeah. not complete this trail. I did not, and we're gonna. Why? Why? Why am I even gonna try to explain that? I don't even know the story. So yeah, why don't Why don't you go ahead and kind of uh, explain what happened there? Absolutely. So,
1: uh, going into the hike, there was kind of one window of time that made sense for me to do it, and there wasn't. Uh, I didn't have a ton of flexibility with that. Um, uh, I was uh, finishing up my Americorps term, and I wanted to do it kind of roughly after that, um, and then. Once I was done I had to hit the job search pretty hard. Um so about, you know, a few days out from when I was gonna start, there was some snow on the forecast, but it only looks like, you know, maybe a half inch here or there. Nothing's mm-hmm. super serious. You'd probably still be able to see the trail. Um, so I kept on going. I'm uh, you know, day one was great, day two was great. Uh but, you know, the night of day two I kinda was looking at the weather forecast. You have service throughout a lot of the trail which is nice. Yeah. Um I was looking at the weather forecast. It looked like it was kind of taking a turn for the wor- or uh, yeah, turn for the worse. Um but and I was feeling kind of discouraged. So I decided I was going to try to hike as far as I could the next day and see how the weather goes. Um I was uh just making it to um Desolation Wilderness, which is where it starts to get uh, much higher elevation and much more exposed um and the weather really started to roll in forecast was saying anywhere from a half inch to you know six to eight inches of snow at elevation and Ooh. there was just uh way too much variability in that forecast for me to feel comfortable with the gear that i had yeah um so i kind of sat on the trail for like 20 30 minutes just kind of contemplating because it, it had been something i'd been looking forward to all year and yeah I really man that's not an easy decision no it was i was really disappointed in you know the fact that i i might be quitting and i ultimately decided to call my roommate and have her pick me up um i didn't you know i didn't quite have enough cold weather gear to prepare for uh you know six inches of snow Um, and even
0: if you did that doesn't sound exactly like the most fun experience in the world (laughs) no no and then the next day like uh i would
1: have been hiking over uh an area called dick's pass which is uh, steep You know, brings you up to like 9,500, I think.
0: Probably would have wanted Um, like micro spikes or something like that. Yeah.
1: And I didn't have anything like that. So overall, it just seemed like that was the end to my hike. So I stepped off. You know, I took a few days to kind of decide if I wanted to jump back on when the snow melted or if I, uh, you know, was just going to call it for the year. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I kind of, it's such a short trail. I decided I'd rather do it, you know, do it justice and do it all in, you know, one proper push. So I think I'm gonna give it a shot next year but uh this year it didn't work out um so yeah that's that's the story that's the bulk of it
0: yeah dude and, and the nice thing for you is that you live so close to this trail that you can just kind of go back like yeah. that right
1: I didn't have to buy a plane ticket you know I exactly to, so like
0: you know. in I could see if somebody had like flown out there or even just traveled a long way taking a lot of time off or whatever um I, I could see them potentially like trying to make it work, whether or not that's still the right decision is 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 debatable. But I could see someone wanting to like kind of push through that a little bit more just to get their money's worth almost. But you live so close. It's like, why would you even like, <laughs> like put yourself yeah. through that? Like, I mean, I, I guess like want to do the trail or whatever, but like, it's just so close and it's so convenient for you. And you you obviously had like a, an easy way to just get home too. So it's yeah. like, I feel like Unless you actually like winter hiking, this is really not, in your circumstance especially, there's really not that much reason to, to push through that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it was just, it was one of the first times I've really backed down from something like that, uh, It was, it was so it was tough, but I kind of had to sit there, and the thought that came into my head is like, am I being bold right now, or am I just being dumb? Yeah, yeah, um, man. And I decided with what I had, I, it was just not smart to keep going. So. Yeah,
0: exactly, and, and like I said, especially when you have that easy of a way to 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 get out and in that easy of access to come back out another time too. so absolutely that's cool man did did you uh, see i don't want to read into this too much cuz at the end of the day it is a relatively short trail and and i don't want someone out there to be like oh this is only 160 miles like it's not that big deal but i yeah. don't know it sounds like you were a little bit frustrated and and it's never an easy decision to pull the plug on a through hike like this you know again it's not like you had quit your job to go through like the AT or anything and now you're quitting but it is still like a little bit of a challenge to the ego I would say yeah
1: no it's definitely a hit for sure you know it's 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 not like you know making it a thousand miles into the PCT and then having to get off for an injury or you know have deciding that it's not for you or whatever it's it's it was it was not a huge deal at all um but it was still you know when it's something that you're looking forward to for months or years or whatever it's it's disappointing no matter what Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that was where the challenge came from. Not in the fact that like, you know, I can always come back and do it. It's no big deal. And, you know, it's not hard to finish an 165 mile trail. Um, It was just more of that, uh, you know, looking forward to it for a long time and then having to decide that it just wasn't the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, for
0: sure. What, what would you do besides maybe hiking a different time of year? What, what do you think you would do differently this time, second time around?
1: Uh, what would I do differently? Um... I really think I you know I felt like I had everything I needed um, I felt pretty dialed in my kit felt dialed in um, the only thing that really came in was uh, the weather so that yeah. was kind of what did it so I, I think yeah no just hiking a different time of year um, it's, it's, it was it was early snow for sure it's not unheard of to have snow then but it is unusual okay um, so that's what I was gonna ask
0: you there I, I was wondering if that was like not not necessarily expected, but like still, not surprising I guess. Or if it was just kind of like a freak, freak snow thing.
1: Yeah, from what I understand, snow is always a possibility in September or October, but it's it's not a you don't usually get consistent snow
0: till November December. So gotcha, man. Now, when you go back, do you think you'll just start over and do the whole thing? again yeah. or will you, you so you're not gonna start off from where you left off
1: no and that was part of my decision I was like I could wait for the snow to melt and jump back on and try to finish it in the time that I have um, but I'd kind of just rather do it justice and you know take some time away from it and start it from the, the beginning and get that I, I enjoy having that full experience of like starting and finishing a trail so I don't think it would feel right to uh just jump back on another part and do like a four-day hike yeah man
0: that makes that makes a lot of sense um, I think it's and again this it's not like this was like the most difficult decision like ever to make, but I do think it's good that you were willing to to put your ego aside there and you know ensure that you're safe I mean. I'm sure there's somebody, some crazy badass dude or, or woman out there who, like, could push themselves through that scenario. Honestly, I'm sure you could have still yeah, pushed yourself I mean, through I, that scenario. Yeah, I if I had
1: prepared for six inches of snow, I, I would have, but um, I prepared for, like, a dusting. Yeah. So...
0: But it's it's, like, it's just not, it's just not worth it. And what I'm trying to say here, people, is, like, I feel like most people know this, but it's always a good little reminder. It's, like, put your safety first when it comes to this stuff especially if you live like that close to the freaking trail too it's like <laughs> it's like it's 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 just not worth it man it's, it's just not worth it so i i that's that's the reason why i wanted to have you kind of come talk about this on the show is because i feel like and i'm guilty of this it's like a lot of the time we just place so much emphasis on those who like complete the trail and like there's nothing wrong with that like obviously you want to complete the trail but I think it's just a nice little reminder that you can still like have a successful experience without necessarily, even if you don't actually hit your goal, like you got to put your safety first in those scenarios.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the three days I had, I just had a blast. You know, it was like being on the long trail again, everything I loved about it. Um, other than the social interaction, that was a missing piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, should have gone with your was... friend, man. <laughs> I know, I know I should have. But well, what it was, ended uh... up happening
0: to them? Did they get off too? he
1: tr- oh my god this is a story so this is a story of what happens when you decide to push through when you're not prepared okay Okay. Uh, yeah so he he stuck through it he was about two days ahead of me um and he had set up camp uh his sleeping bag was soaking wet his uh tent was soaking wet um and he was shivering and he realized i gotta get out of here quick this is going way worse than i thought it would yeah yeah um so he hiked like five miles in like an hour and a half or something ridiculous you know he was he was booking it to this bathroom he he works on the trails he's uh part of the tahoe rim trail association oh okay so he he booked it to the nearest pit toilet that he knew was like five miles away and slept in there (laughs) and then (laughs) and then he hiked to tahoe city the next day and
0: hitchhiked home damn dude yeah see that's a Yeah, I think that just uh, proves proves our point here, people. It's like it's like be careful, definitely sleeping in a yeah. bathroom. I, lo- I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a pretty funny story, but well, yeah, it's funny. I was glad. It, yeah, funny it, that it, it worked out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. Um, so yeah, we're kind of getting towards the end here, Taylor. So I did not, I did not ask you to prepare a story this time. Do you is there anything like any story you want to share? Anything that comes to mind? Like if if you don't have one, like not worth forcing it. But if if there's anything at all, yeah. I mean, as far as like uh, just a, a story that I like from that hike. Any, it doesn't even have to be from that hike. Any, any story. First of all, I can't even remember. I've done so many freaking episodes now. What was your story last time? I like, don't remember. Like yeah. one year ago, <laughs> don't I, I, have no <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Some listeners like, Oh, I remember it's this is and we're just like, Yeah, we All right, we I got I got a good story. <laughs> All uh, right, let's hear it, man. So when
1: I was uh I, when I was younger, it was like one of my early backpacking experiences. I did like a trip with a company called Wilderness Adventures where it's like one of those trips where uh you fly out to a place and you go backpacking for like two, three weeks or whatever in uh you know, a location. So we were hiking through we were hiking the Teton Crest Trail with like a group of like ten other kids um and it was we were like maybe two days into it and uh one of the kids on the trip he goes out and goes into the woods to do his business uh uphill from us a little bit (laughs) and then all of a sudden we see him running back to our campsite like pulling up his pants pants are like practically around his ankles Oh um and we're like what's going on and right behind him a bull moose it's just <laughs> trotting him, trotting behind him, chasing him. And it went from being like, this is kind of hilarious to like, wait, this could kind of go bad. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> so he like ran to the the tents. We all got in our tents. And this bull moose uh, foe charged our tents and just stood right, you know, three feet away from our tents for, you know, 10, 20 minutes oh, just staring at us and eventually wandered away. But it, in retrospect, it was just hold, the image of this guy just running with his pants around <laughs> his ankles with a massive bull moose in the uh, the Teton backcountry uh, is burned into
0: my mind. That's fucking so, crazy. Yeah. Damn. Jesus Christ, I didn't know moose were that, like, aggressive. Oh,
1: they, they're aggressive, man. People think they're docile, but more people die from moose in uh, Yellowstone National Park than bears. Oh, no and, kidding. Well, I you know... Don't quote me on that stat. I think that's true. Sounds (laughs) about right. I'm pretty sure I have. I'm pretty sure I've heard something around that. Bison too. Bison are pretty dangerous. So. Damn man. (laughs) Or buffalo.
0: (laughs) Funny. Funny looking back on it, but definitely a little bit sketchy. In the moment, it was a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Damn. That's that's pretty funny. I, it's really bugging me that I can't think of what your story was last time, so I'm going to look it up after we're done recording here. Maybe
1: it was that, honestly, I might have told the Oh same no, story I would have remembered, we'll <laughs> remembered that, I definitely would
0: have remembered that, I I hope I would anyways. Yeah, dude, one freaking year later, that's so crazy, yeah. that's so crazy. Um, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up here, Taylor, but I gotta Great. say, man, like, yeah. One year later, like you've been, you kind of stuck with the show all that time when when Absolutely. we did that first episode, you know, I hadn't even launched anything yet. You know, I, we, we recorded that before trail tales had even launched because yeah, that we was were just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was like part of the, uh, the batch of like first episodes that I put out and yeah, dude, I just really appreciate you sticking with the show. I appreciate you being willing to come back on a year later. That's so awesome, dude. And, uh, yeah, like, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a pleasure to be on. It's been cool to see it grow, and you know, you get some really amazing guests. So, it's uh, it's nice to be part of that
0: group. Yeah, man. Yeah. When uh, when you go back and you finish this trail or whatever the next trail that you do is, we'll definitely have to do another one. Um, I think uh, I think we're gonna kind of wrap it up there. Why don't you go ahead and plug anything you want to plug, social media or anything. Plug freaking I don't even know. <laughs> Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow me, my social media or my handle on Instagram is at, uh, T Norts. That's T N O R T S S. Um, I post a lot of skiing content, hiking content, fishing, stuff like that. So yeah, give me a follow and, uh, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, I did. No problem. Do you do any backcountry skiing? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to learn about that sometime. So cool. We'll, maybe, we'll definitely... maybe we'll do an episode yeah dude branch out a little bit that's awesome yeah exactly all right thank you everybody for listening and have a good one